everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Keith Caulfield, and I am the co-director of Charts at Billboard. Joining me is Billboard.com Senior Editor Katie Atkinson. Hello, Katie. Hey there, Keith. Happy Election Day. Oh, man. <laughs> Hopefully it's happy. Hopefully. Hey. <laughs> you know, Election Days are always... Um, always Spirited. Spirited. They're full of patriotism and spiritedness. <laughs> Actually, by the time you hear this, it could be past Election Day, but uh, that is when we are posting this. It is uh, November 8th, 2016. We've been all waiting for this day for a while. But we're not going to be talking about the election. Oh, no. Or politics That's at all. That's not what you're here for. This is your one escape from the election, <laughs> um, because the Billboard Pop Shop podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the week's big pop news, fun chart stats and stories, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. This week on the show, we've got an interview with singer-actress Sabrina Carpenter. She stopped by recently to talk about her new album, Evolution, and her first headlining tour, so stick around for that later on in the show. Plus, we've got Chart Chat! About how Ray Shrimmerds, I love saying that name, I always say it differently every single time, (laughs) how uh, their viral hit, Black Beatles, bounds into the top 10 on the Billboard Hot 100, how Drake notches a new top 10 hit with Fake Love, um, and if the Chainsmokers Closer will ever not be number one on the Billboard (laughs) Hot 100 chart. Um, Maybe but, by the next presidential election. Who knows? Perhaps, yes, perhaps by the, by the time inauguration yeah. rolls around. Um, but first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on iTunes so you won't miss an episode and give us a rating or review while you're at it. If you have any questions for us, feel free to tweet us at Keith underscore Caulfield or KT Atkinson. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit iTunes.com slash Billboard Podcasts. So uh, let's uh, dive into the charts. Katie, have you heard of the Mannequin Challenge? What, do you think I live under a rock, Keith? I don't know. <laughs> um, to be fair, I, I hadn't heard of it until, I hadn't heard of this until fairly recently. I heard of it on Friday. Yeah. Yeah, that's when I learned of it. And um, The kids uh, were onto this a lot sooner. Of course, they always are. What are the kids, kids listening to these days? Um, a great one just came out, though. We're taping this on Monday, and Adele just posted a mannequin oh, challenge. Oh, stop. It does not include Black Beatles, though. Hers is set to a Johnny Cash song, and it's in some sort of saloon. Everyone looks very Western. Okay. <laughs> Go check out Adele's Twitter for that. Well, um, <laughs> evidently, um, yeah, I mean, it's, so it's a viral meme that's gone wild on YouTube where people uh, freeze in mannequin-like poses. People are really good at it, too. Yeah. Like, I don't think I'd be good at it. I'm like, I, I mean, I don't know. I maybe, it, maybe it's because the camera moves a lot, so you don't really, it doesn't seem like yeah. people are moving. Yeah. Um, but, and most of these clips, I think all of them are usually set to Black Beatles mm-hmm. um, by Ray Strummer, featuring Gucci Mane. Um, and the song happens to jump 16 to 9 on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. It's the first top 10 for both artists. Um, and the challenge apparently originated in an October 26th tweet showing students at a high school in Jacksonville, Florida, striking don't make a move poses. Um, as Gary Trust, who manages the Hot 100 chart, points out in his online story about the new top 10, um, though that clip didn't feature any music, subsequent clips um, have adopted the song as its official soundtrack. Yeah. Um, and Ray Schrimmer, uh itself actually posted their own mannequin they thing. did this incredible one on stage 
and the the cooperation it required from their thousands of fans the audience, the audience did it too yeah it spans it, it turns around starts like just on the group and then turns around into the crowd and aside from a few jokers that if you watch it like really closely there are is a little bit of movement but like for the most part they've got those fans to just stay still for the entire time so it looks awesome well the song is a big viral streaming hit and that's where most of its points come from on the hot 100 turns out 75 percent of the song's hot 100 points come from streaming activity uh you know which isn't surprising considering how many homemade videos of the mannequin challenge are floating around right now i wonder if kim cattrall and Andrew McCarthy from, from the anyone, film Mannequin. I was going to say, I wonder if anyone listening understands that reference. No one's going to get that reference. Um, I like it. I like the movie Mannequin. Great soundtrack, too. Nothing's going to stop us yeah. now. Not, 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 yeah. Oh, boy. Actually, everything's going to stop us now because we're freezing Ooh. doing our Mannequin challenge. Oh, let's see how long this meme lasts. It could be, it could be a short run. Um, elsewhere in the top ten, one step below Black Beatles is another new uh, entry into the region. Drake's Fake Love uh, vaults 24 to number 10. That rise gives Drake his 18th top 10 hit, the third most among rappers in the history of the chart. Um, Jay-Z has the most among uh, rap acts with 21, followed by Ludacris, who has 18. Now, Drake premiered Fake Love on October 23rd on Apple's Beats One OVO Sound radio program. And then the song um, is also scheduled to appear on the upcoming compilation album, More Life, uh, which is expected to be out in December. And the album is a um, kind of a, like a highlights uh, present a highlights presentation of OVO <laughs> Sound artists. OVO Sound is uh, Drake's label, by the way. Um, Fake Love had a big week on streaming services uh, as the track vaults uh, 28 to 6 on our streaming songs chart with 17 million streams. <laughs> Uh, for the week. And uh, like Black Beatles, the bulk of Fake Love's Hot 100 points are powered by streams, 74% of them, in fact. Which is why it's on every Spotify playlist that I listen to now. Yeah, you are you are Spotify <laughs> queen. <laughs> I listen to a lot of Spotify, but um, that is one of those songs where it came on for the first time for me, and I thought, oh, great Drake song. Like, I definitely have probably heard this before, and it was literally like the day it came out. But, like, he has got such a notable sound. Right. It's like, it's it's Drake. It's Drake. And so I just accepted it in my heart as, like, a Drake song that without you knowing heard. it was new. Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> up at the top of the Hot 100 chart, uh, Katie, have you heard of the song Closer by the Chainsmokers? No. Hmm. That one, I've never heard that one on Spotify no? before. No? No? <laughs> just this, this brand new track. It's making inroads on the charts. I haven't accepted that one in my heart yet. <laughs> um, it's, it's Hey Now. Well, it's been number one for 12 weeks on the Billboard Hot 100 and is now one of only 17 songs to spend 12 weeks at number wow. one. That's nuts. Entering elite company and just getting eliter by the week. Eliter, eliter, <laughs> eliter. Um, yeah, so the song is just, uh, it's unstoppable at number one um, 12 weeks, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, but the end may be near for Closer, at least at number one. The gap between numbers one and two on the chart is getting smaller, though Closer still has a sizable lead. That said, if Closer has another two weeks of continued declines, at least at the rate that it's declining right now, um, it was down 8% in points this week, by the way, then it actually could fall from number one after, let's say, 14 weeks at number one. Wow. Which was the same number of weeks that Bruno Mars' Uptown Funk 
had with Mark Ronson. It's wild. And that was a song that people thought could have broke the all-time record, which yes. is held by One Boyce Sweet Man Day. Voiceman and Mariah Carey. Voiceman and Mariah Carey. One Sweet Day, 16 weeks at number one. It's interesting because, and this is just my own observation, but Uptown Funk seemed like so much more of a cultural phenomenon than this does. Yes. In that my parents knew it. Yeah, and I, I don't think Closer <laughs> has quite that impact. No, I think it has, like, it's huge in pop radio. Everybody knows it's ubiquitous, but, like, my mom does not know who the Chainsmokers are. Right. Even though they've been on this chart, top of this chart for 12 weeks. I mean, do you think that was also the case for One Dance by Drake, which was number one for oh, 10 yeah. weeks? yeah. No, my mom knows who Drake is. Maybe she has the idea, the concept of Drake down, but like probably couldn't name a song. Right? It's weird. Like last year, you know, we had Hello and uh, was Uptown Funk last year as well? It might have been the previous year. No, it was last year. So you had Uptown Funk and Hello, which were both huge pop culture hits that were number one for a very long time. And this year we have, you know, two big hits, you know, One Dance and Closer, which are big chart hits but they don't have the same sort of like ubiquitousness in like, terms of pop culture. you're not going to be hearing them at dances or like weddings for the next couple of years like you did with Uptown Funk and before that Blurred Lines. You know what I right. mean? Like where they're just everywhere. I wonder if that's just because it's everything's just getting more fragmented in yeah. terms of it's hard to have like one consensus hit. But then again Adele just did it over Christmas time. Yeah. But she's Adele. She's Adele. Yeah. So Exception to every rule. The next likely chart topper seems to be the weekend Starboy which features Daft Punk. It's sitting at number two on the Hot 100. While it's down in overall points, its radio points continue to rise. So it, it seems to be the, the song that's best positioned to be the next number one. But I say that now, and who knows what could happen in the next week. Um, I think now it is time to move away from our chart chat, at least for the moment, Mm-hmm. And uh, have our uh, guest interview with the fabulous Sabrina Carpenter, Katie. Yes, she uh, she actually visited the Billboard office last month, just before the release of her sophomore album, Evolution, which uh, love is capitalized in there. Love backward. Oh. Evolution. Oh. She's a clever one. We talked all about her favorite tracks on the album, how it represents a real growth for her and for her music, and what she is most looking forward to on her debut headlining tour, which is happening right now and wraps up next month. Um, Plus, given her breakthrough role on Disney Channel's Girl Meets World, that's likely where a lot of people might recognize her from. Um, She's actually only 17, by the way, we should reference, because when you hear her talk, she's like super poised and smart. And um, it's a great interview. Um, We talked about what it meant to her to be part of that kind of Disney family tree and its legacy of musical superstars and kind of where she hopes to find herself in all that, given the the names, the laundry list of names you could list off that came uh, before her. So here is our chat with the lovely Sabrina Carpenter. Hello, Sabrina, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. Thank you. How are you doing today? Great, how are you? Good. Thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for having me. Yeah, um, you know, we're chatting just a couple of days before your brand new album, Evolution, mm-hmm. arrives. Um, it's your second album. Um, yes. Was the album title kind of a statement of how far you've come since releasing Eyes Wide Open last year? Yeah, I'd like to think so. I, I think um, there was so much growth that happened for me personally and musically in just one year, and I really wanted to um, portray that in the album name. Um, and just so so the audience would know that you know it's it definitely is a step a step in any direction but just a change um from my last album and and a growth for sure absolutely and um the very first song in the album is also your current single on purpose um when i first listened to the album i was surprised how 
quiet that song begins and then it just oh it really, hits you hard yeah <laughs> yeah it builds but it's such a cool quiet like hushed note to start the album was that kind of uh what you were going for that build yeah because i think it's it's really funny how we start and end the album the end of the album is is a song called all we have is love and i feel like it's just a great wrap-up because i did call it evolution as well because um love is in the title love is in evolution and so um we wrap it up with that and we kind of start it but there's so many infectious beats within the album um so you kind of you kind of find your way into it when you're listening to it all the way through yeah and um you know we've heard a few songs already uh we've heard all we need is love run and hide and thumbs from the new album so far but is there a song that your fans haven't heard yet that you're really pumped about them hearing when the album comes out you know what? Um, there's so many that I'm excited. They become like children. Like when you write them, <laughs> yeah. I feel like they're just you know they, they come from a personal experience and um, and you know the stories behind creating them from the very beginning to the very end. But I think two of my favorites from the album are songs called "Feels Like Loneliness" and "No Words" that we, they haven't heard yet. So. Okay. Yeah. Are you looking forward to that feedback from your fans when the album is is finally out? Absolutely. I'm excited to see if they are uh, shook or if their <laughs> weaves are snatched. Is what the kids say. Yeah, no, um, they crack me up, and it's it's the best thing because it, it really makes me feel like they're relating to my music, which is great. Yes, they'll probably call you mom a few times, Probably I'm mom, sure. yeah. <laughs> I'll call them children, and it'll be great. Um, you know, you co-wrote a lot on this album. Mm-hmm. Um, what's that process like for you? Are you somebody, are you like on set and grabbing your phone and writing down lyrics, or do you do it mostly in the studio? I like to say that I'm old-fashioned and use pen and paper, but honestly, I do have, I do have song um, ideas in my phone, and that's kind of what gets me through because you never know you you can be in the weirdest place and have the best song idea yeah and so that's why I'm always writing wherever I go mobily um but then I just bring those ideas to the studio and sometimes you know those ideas come second place to what happened in my real life that's really exciting and I need to share so it's it's really funny how there's no rules there's no rules to songwriting which makes it a really really fun job have you always been somebody who writes down lyrics have you uh you yeah know, they weren't always good song... but <laughs> right yeah no for sure <laughs> when do you think you wrote your first song my first well I was 10 years old when I wrote like okay. my first full song I mean first verse second verse chorus everything um it wasn't good but <laughs> like I said I think it's 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 all a growing process yeah. and it's just you learn so much more and that's why I think there's such a big difference between um, my first album, which I released when I was 16, and this one coming out when I'm only 17, because I started writing my first one when I was 13. And the life problems or even circumstances that you're in at 13 are so different from 17, and I didn't I didn't expect that. I thought it was slow, like it's always been, but it does move fast. And, um, and I wanted this to be a universal album. I wanted it to be able to relate to people of all ages. Yeah. You can put that first song as like a bonus track on an album Absolutely. coming out. <laughs> <laughs> um, do like a remix of it. Yeah. That'd be um, terrible. Was it important to you to do a lot of writing on this album? Was that something you made a priority? Yeah, because um, I wanted... I wanted to know the stories that, you know, came from these songs and where they came from in the first place. I wanted to be able to know how they were written. And it's really just a part of, I guess, you know, becoming your own artist is is finding what makes you unique. And I think you really do find that when you make your own decisions and and you're you're kind of taking charge of what you want um and of course I was I was young when I first started my when I started my first album so I was co-writing when I was 13 but I really didn't know um what I was doing to be quite honest you know I walk in a street you know I still don't know what I'm doing but I think I think I learned so much within um my time off from writing my first album and my second that going into it I was just like 
there's nothing to be afraid of you know it's 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 my creation and um and I want it to be something that I'm proud of and something that I myself would want to listen to yeah and it makes it more personal that yeah. way too mm-hmm. um your first headlining tour starts next week yeah um and it's already sold out yeah. that's insane what were you <laughs> thinking you. when you heard that news oh my goodness um you know what I think I've I've always just felt comfortable on stage ever since I was a little girl so I think to be able to do that um around the U.S. and in places that I literally have never been before in my life um is just an honor yeah and and to play this new album that I'm so passionate about it's gonna be very fun yeah what are you looking forward to the most about it oh I'm excited to be with my band we've got (laughs) some um fun things in store and it's it's gonna be great. I mean, obviously, it's my first time, so I don't have the experience of the rest of the world. But it's it's gonna be very interesting. <laughs> um, and what can you tease about what's coming on the tour? Like, do you have any little little hints you could drop? Surprise things that I think um, people haven't seen me do live before. Um, obviously, songs, and I always like to throw some surprise songs in my shows because I'm just a lover of music. Yeah. Um, so I think they're going to be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Um, speaking of being a lover of music, um, who are some of your influences? Oh, um, they really range. Usually, it's big voices. It's Adele. It's Christina Aguilera. That's um, where my my first, I guess, love for music came. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I all around, I I honestly just listen to a lot of music I listen to the radio I listen to alternative artists my sister helps me find like the most unknown artists and I just I really appreciate all types of music I'm like yeah. that weird person that you could put anything <laughs> on I'd probably be okay with it unless it's screamo because sometimes that's it's hard to fall asleep to <laughs> yes that's very hard to yeah. fall asleep to um you know with your role on on Girl Meets World you're part of this Disney family you mentioned Christina there are so many musical yeah. success stories from that family tree Selena Demi Miley Justin Brittany yeah. Christina um what does that Disney legacy mean to you that musical legacy it's honestly, it, it, it makes it all very exciting. I, I don't know what it really means because I guess they all have their different stories. Yeah. Everybody came from somewhere different and, you know, they all have their different unique talents that make them individuals. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm writing my narrative right now, whatever that is. Um, but I'm honored to be a part of a family that has had so much success and has really just, I think, opened the eyes to so many kids all over the world too follow their dreams they definitely opened my eyes when I was a kid so um, it's really cool to be a part of it um and you know I've read that music is your your first love even though maybe people were introduced to you as an actress um but you know how do you kind of hope to balance those two things do you do you want to do both going forward do you you know just want to wait for the right roles to come along and focus on music or what are you thinking you know um it's hard to predict the future Mm because it's always weird um (laughs) but no I think I'm I'm so passionate about both, but I think there's honestly everything happens for a reason, and timing is life. Life throws things at you at you know certain times for certain reasons. Um, and right now I'm super excited to be focusing on music, and um, I think music is all around me wherever I go. Even if I'm if I'm working on a film or on a show, it's it's always kind of there. Um, and yeah, I've I've got some things coming up in store, so I'm just excited to play the balancing game and see how long I can handle it before I need to like really up my caffeine game. <laughs> It'll be fun. <laughs> so far, so good. So far, so good. Um, and actually, I wanted to congratulate you on making Billboard's 21 Under 21 oh, list so for the much. first time. What an honor. So thank welcome you. to the Billboard family, too. Thank you. <laughs> it's, it's a great house. <laughs> yes, welcome to the house. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll make sure your room is comfortable. Um, but I, you know, I think that that's kind of validates, you know, the fact that like you are a musician, you know, thank getting you. that wow. Billboard 
you know, cosigned. So I feel I'm saying that as a, like a person who works at Billboard, like it's really important. You're like, I'm important and I <laughs> say you're important. So now you're important. But is it nice no, to kind true. of be recognized as a musician? You know what? There's so many talented people in the world. And every day I, I'm amazed at how many people, you know, are, are so talented and not even that well known that it's just it's crazy to be even recognized among so many um, crazy talented people. So I'm very, very excited for what the future holds. And, well, one thing we know the future holds is that you're going to be performing three songs for Facebook Live. On Facebook Live. The, the nearby future. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is what, what it holds. <laughs> and I have to let you go do that. So thank you so much for sitting thank down so with much. me and chatting with me beforehand. Thank you. And good luck on the album and the tour. Thank you so much. Thanks, Sabrina. Fine. And when did we all stop thinking that the world stop spinning in a kiss goodnight? And when did our heart be beating too? Thank you so much to Sabrina for stopping by. And uh, if you haven't checked out the new album, definitely give it a listen. And if you'd like to see her Facebook Live that we chatted about at the end there, um, it was recorded right after our interview in the office. Uh, We'll link to it in the podcast article on Billboard.com. Or you can just head to the video section of Billboard's Facebook page. And we have all of our Facebook Lives archived there. So you can give it a watch there. You see her do her song Thumbs, which is really catchy. Have you listened to that song yet? I have not. It, th- this album is really, really good, and I really hope that it breaks through on radio because it deserves it, and it, it's just it's good music. Cool. So. Well, there you go. Yeah. Now it's time for our chart stat of the week. Oh. Well, uh, Katie, can you guess which singer-songwriter nabs their 71st chart entry on the Hot 100 this week as a writer. Hmm. Um, and I'll give you a hint. The vast majority of their songs, we're talking basically nearly all of them, have been performed by themselves. Um, okay. Though a few, including the new track okay. that debuts this okay. week, is sung by another act. Okay. I know all the answers to this. You've already figured it out, huh? Because I love this song so very much. and it. Uh, God, I, I hope you're it. right. You seem really excited. What well, if, you're if wrong? I'm wrong, here it is. This would probably be Taylor Swift's song, Better Man, written for Little Big Town. That's correct. Yes. Woohoo! It is her 71st entry on the chart. Now, that 71 number includes This Is What You Came For, uh, yes. Calvin Harris featuring Niels Rihanna. Schoberg. Yes. The famous <laughs> Swedish songwriter, um, which is a pseudonym for Taylor Swift, but uh, it's been acknowledged that she wrote it. Um, so that's 71 hits. And uh, by the way, uh, Little Big Town's Better Man debuts at number 54 on the Hot 100 this week. Um, Taylor has only charted a few songs on the Hot 100 as a writer where she didn't also perform the song. So those are This Is What You Came For and Better Man. And I Prevail's cover of Blank Space. I Prevail's rock band that covered Blank Space. Did any Ryan Adams breakthrough there? Nope. It didn't? Nope. Michelle Chamuel? Chamuel? From The Voice. From The Voice. Uh, did a cover of I Knew You Were Trouble, which charted. Um, Kelly Pickler uh, did Best Days of Your Life. Oh, that's a, that's a Kelly Pickler song. Yeah. But, but it was, so Taylor co-wrote Taylor, it, wrote it. Taylor wrote it. Did not know that yeah. until this second. And here's a fun one. Hannah Montana's You'll Always Find Your Way Back Home. Wow. Taylor Swift wrote it for Han- the Hannah Montana movie. Wow. Yeah. That's a time capsule. All the other songs <laughs> were tracks where it was she was the credited artist. So it could have been uh-huh. like Ed Sheeran with Taylor Swift or um, oh, yeah, yeah. the Civil Wars and Taylor Swift mm-hmm. together. Um, anyway, um, you may be wondering how impressive is 71 hits on the chart as a writer. Actually, Katie's raising her hand. <laughs> What's your question, Katie? They can't, they can't see me raising my hand at home. Um, 
Well, no, I was just going to say that uh, at her Formula One concert that she had a couple of weeks ago, she actually covered This Is What You Came For. Oh. And one of my first thoughts when I heard that she wrote Better Man for Little Big Town, which they performed at the CMA Awards last week, was, man, I hope she starts covering that when she, like, starts performing again. Like, I want to hear her sing that song because it's just such classic... Like Taylor Country. Like old, maybe she's going to go back to country. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? knows? Well, um, you may be wondering how impressive is 71 hits on the chart as a writer. How impressive is it, Keith? Well, in the past 10 years, (laughs) only five writers have had more than uh, 71 chart hits. Um, But she does have the most among women in that span of time. Um, So I'll just quickly tell you, Drake has had 130 (laughs) <laughs> Jeez. Um, Little Wayne has had 127. And this is just in the past 10 years. Wow. Um, Max Martin's uh, has 96. Uh, Dr. Luke has had 89. Um, Kanye West, 79. Now, then we get Taylor Swift with 71. Now, the woman with the second most in the past 10 years. I would have guessed Beyonce. No, think someone that would have a lot of guest appearances and features. Oh, interesting. That's also a woman. Like who, what genre? Like a Kesha? What, a... what genre tends to have just a boatload of... I mean, hip hop. So Nicki? Nicki Minaj. There it is. With 65 songs that she's written. Because every time she does a verse on someone's track, she writes she's it. She's a writer. I mean, I don't think she's ever written... Like, she, she doesn't sing someone else's Out of rap. that list that you just said, then, Taylor's like the one who is not a hip hop artist or a primary, like, songwriter. Like, producer. Yeah, type. slash producer. Yeah. That's interesting. So there you go. There's Chart Side of the Week. Taylor Swift gets her 71st hit on the Hot 100 as a songwriter. Okay. Well, I believe we are done for the week. We are. We are. I know. I mean, we can talk more if you want to, (laughs) but I think that's it. Well, um, it feels like now that I know that it's a Taylor Swift written song, we should do Kelly Pickler's. Best days. What is it? Best days of my life. Best days of your life. Of your life. Best days of your life. It's such a cute little song. Oh, well, we'll go out on that and uh, we will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.